Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. Hello, I'm Dan from West Bromwich Albion fan site 1878, formerly Baggy's Facts. You can find us online um, at 1878.net, um, and I'm on Twitter now, and it's 1878 as in the number underscore WBA. Hi, I'm Jay. I'm editor of TheEaglesBeak.com, a Palace fan site by fans for fans. You can get us on Twitter at TheEaglesBeak and we're also on Facebook and Instagram. Hi, I'm Dan, Arsenal fan. I write for EcoNix.com and you can get me on Twitter at the underscore jersey underscore fits. All right, thanks so much for joining us, guys. Up first, of course, we have Making the Rounds, where we each have a few minutes to discuss what's been happening at our clubs this week. And it should be real fun, as all of us won. I guess let's just talk about West Bromwich Albion's week on the whole that culminated in what was a win again at the weekend. Yeah, to be honest, I think this was a real test for Pulis following the the week that he's had off the field. Um which I do think needs to be talked about. If you're talking about West Bromwich Albion, the manager, you need to talk about what what goes on with his personal life when it brings his integrity um, into question, of which um, I'm not sure whether too many people know too many details, but he now owes Crystal Palace 3.7 million um, due to him exiting his contract early and having been paid for... Curing Palace's um, survival in the in the Premier League, he requested the payment of two million pound early when he was at Crystal Palace a, a few years back, and and then promptly left the club a, a few days later. Um, courts, not not criminal courts, but but courts nonetheless, legal courts have brought into brought into question really his integrity, um, his his honesty, um, and have gone just short of calling him a fraud in terms of um, him carrying on this ridiculous case up until the point that it's actually got to court. If he'd have just paid Palace some money back in the first place, I think, you know, that would have been uh, an all-round all much better conclusion than this. Um, I, do I want a dishonest manager in charge of my football club? Not really. Um, there are many people that are stating that they don't mind so much because it's a football that's more important and you know he's a manager of a football club um, and you know he's he's not his honesty really shouldn't come into too much question but I would say that that's wrong I, I do feel that if you're going to be dishonest in every part of your life and you're going to be dishonest in your working life um, how honest is he with fans how honest is he with his board how honest is he with his feelings and what he wants out of the club um, we all know that us fans really don't know the full picture, but I think this might go some way to painting the picture, but we really don't know that much at all um, when it comes to the goings-on behind the scenes at football clubs. And um, I just, I'll just i just say that West Bromwich Albion have done a really good week this, uh, job this week of sweeping this whole story under the carpet um, as if it, it's of no importance. But for me, it's, it's just as bad as the Allardyce story and he lost his job for that, so... Um, we'll just leave that there. In terms of football, um, it obviously didn't affect the build-up. It didn't affect the work he did on the training pitch with the players because we did play. But it, to be honest, it was one of my most enjoyable games I've had for a couple of years at the Orphans against Watford. Um, it was a bit gritty at times, a bit of a midfield battle. 
Um, coming out three, we had three one winners in the end. Um, it was it was it reminded me of like an old fashioned game in in like Division One or or what's now the Championship. You know, back in the early two thousands when there was probably a bit less athleticism and more emphasis was put on strong defenders and being able to use the channels and and getting forward quickly when you have the opportunity. Less technical ability. Um, and that's not a slight on, on the game or, or the teams at all. It was just that kind of game. Um, I really enjoyed it, to be honest. Um, when we when we scored our third through um, Matty Phillips, who, who was fantastic all afternoon, as, as Kev mentioned. He's He's got three goals and three assists in his last four appearances. Um, to, to be honest with you, you've, that's almost as you know as good as we've had from a single player in years in terms of in terms of scoring and, and assisting with goals. Um, and he, you know, he, well worth all the praise he's getting. And to be honest, it would be a shame if he didn't win Premier League Player of the Month for November, um, because the fans have got a say in it. I assume some sort of Arsenal player will probably win it. Um, but you know, it, hey. it'd, be, it'd be great to see the uh, the smaller clubs uh, get a bit of a mention, and for Phillips to win that. Also, fantastic was Nyam against his old club playing in the left-back role, which he's now sort of made his own. I don't agree with it. I think we should have a left-footer playing in, in a left-back left position. I don't mind left-footers on the right wing, but it's a different story when you're asking uh, a left-footer to play at the back. Um, sorry, a right-footer to play a left-footed left role at the back. Um, but Pudis is playing him there, and he's doing as well as he can. And as well as he can, he's much more than he's required, really, at the minute. He's, he's, he's been fantastic. Uh, against his old club, he got plenty of stick from the Watford fans. Um, unconfirmed reports, and I'm I'm not pointing the finger, but some racist chants were made towards him during the game, of which he reacted when Albion scored that their third and ran the whole length of the pitch to celebrate in front of the Watford fans. Very Adebayor-esque against Arsenal when he was playing for Man City. And do you know what? Fair play. If If the Watford fans... Can't take it. They shouldn't dish it out. Um, so fantastic from Nyan. We like to see a bit of passion sometimes. Um, so overall, pleased with the efforts. Pleased with the fact we know four unbeaten, three wins and a draw. Um, and we're in. I think we're in seventh now. I think we might have dropped a position, but we're yesterday we finished a day in sixth, which is like nosebleed territory um, <laughs> level with Manchester United. Uh, so uh, you know, with a better I've goal got, difference, yeah. Well, with a better goal, <laughs> I've got I've got no real complaints. And if we can continue playing this football, people will be won over by Pulis's philosophies. Um, but it needs to continue being this way, and we need. Uh, it's just I, I'm unwilling to just say well, I haven't watched Albion for the last two years and I'm going to judge them on the last four appearances because I don't think I can do that. The football has been absolutely shocking up until the last four games. Genuinely has. It's rubbish. It's, it's so dull watching your team week in, week out. But against Watford, the weekend, I actually felt a glimmer of excitement and it was good to, to see. To, to I can't really explain it. It's been a bit... I've used quite a lot of his apathy. It felt apathetic at the Hawthorns at times, and like people aren't really that fussed. But uh, you know, he, the atmosphere was getting better against Watford. So hopefully, going forward, we're going to see more of this, and it'll keep everyone happy. And 
you know, we're, we're on 20 points, which is halfway towards safety, and we've only played 14 games. So, well done, Tony Pulis, sort of. <laughs> uh, fair enough. It kind of came full circle there. Um, as you mentioned, you did change uh, the name of your website away from Baggy Sacks. What was the uh, reason for the change and the meaning of the new name? Okay. Um, I just feel that when I started what was originally just a Twitter account in 2012 under the name of Baggy's Facts, I had to go out my way, really, to, to get interested in stats and facts on the Albion. And I saw it as a bit of a niche market um, because, of course, there's stats out there, but it wasn't really as detailed as, as it's getting now. Um, whereas stats and facts are all around the game, like they flash across the screen during match of the day. And it is... It is so hard to keep up with people that are being paid to do that job on a regular basis. And of course, I've had the website for a, for a while, um, and that was under the name Baggy's Facts. But we were putting out opinion-related pieces. So I felt we needed to keep the fact that we're independent, keep the fact that we had free, um, keep going with the fact that, you know, we're all the, all the people that, that write for our site and contribute with graphics and editing, etc., is is a Baggy's fan. Um, so it is just like just like Jay says, really, with his website, it is by fans and for fans. Um, and I just thought that it it would be better to approach it from a different angle and get rid of the, the facts sort of thing. It was a bit tough, really, to make that decision, I suppose. But I'm glad I have done now. Um, so, yeah, if that makes any sense. Fair enough. Uh, on to you, Jay. Things were looking really rough uh, for Crystal Palace before this week. There was talk of Pardew out. Um, obviously, people shouting for that less uh, after a 3-0 win against Southampton, who typically have a pretty <laughs> solid defense. Uh, what was your view of that match? We won a game. We won a game and we got a clean sheet. Hey. What more can I ask of that? I mean, yeah, I mean, this is a first win in um, seven games. Uh, we'd lost six in a row. So something I have to give at some stage. And to be fair, you know, playing a team uh, coming to sell us to a sixth in the table, just knocked Arsenal out of the League Cup and also still in the Europa League with a chance of getting through to the next round. That was no mean feat considering the the, the poor terror run a form where we were in and Pulis was under huge pressure particularly after that game last weekend I won't say any more than that um and yeah we 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 came out of uh you know the the game pretty well it's the best I've seen us play for an awful long time there was a, a lot of comments during the week and and Pulis came out and said to himself on Friday that they had a training session at Selhurst on Friday just to try something different you know Obviously, it's a home ground for us. Players know the ground, but a training session on on the actual pitch and the the players kind of um, well, we believe the players kind of took some charge in, in summer training, wanted to try some different things, and Pardew allowed it. Um, and whether that paid dividends in the game itself, I don't know. Obviously, you know, we were given we were actually <laughs> Benteke was given a massive gift on his birthday for an absolute howler from Fraser Forster. That never happens against us. It's normally us that's doing that. It's normally our keeper making a uh, an error of that of that size. Um, to, to be to be fair, it's quite difficult to do if you've seen it. If you've seen it, um, he's actually touched the ball with uh, with his standing foot and uh, which has taken it away from his kicking foot. But hey, I'm not complaining. 
that was Benteke's first goal at Sellers. He's been scoring goals just away from home, but um, fair play for Benteke for closing the keeper down. Is it so many times you say to players, some players seem lazy and don't do it very often. Benteke seems to do it quite a lot. Um, and it paid off for him, you know, put him under pressure. Um, terrible mistake from Southampton. And it kind of set us on our way. Um, and Tompkins scored a goal quite soon after that, which which was absolutely perfect timing going into the break to 2-0 up at home. I mean, a lot of Palace fans still weren't happy with tuning up because obviously what we've seen in recent weeks, um, conceding goals, not great at the back. Um, but uh, Tompkins, uh, it, it's really kind of shown that he's settling at Sellers now. He's been a good signing for us. And I'm, I'm still absolutely amazed that West Ham ever chose to sell him. I really am because that's kind of a position that they've struggled with this season. Um, and Tompkins is very welcome at Palace. He's, he's really starting to show why we paid £10 million for him. And I think he's going to um, continue proving that for, for a long time to come. So, yeah, 2-0, second half. I mean, Sampson had a lot of the ball, a lot of possession. Um, no real cutting edge, I have to say. Um, used the ball a lot, but no real... I mean, I think I, had, I think the stats were about 17 shots they had and we had nine. Um and Hennessy had a couple of saves to make, which he did well. He did the, he did the simple things well, which is, I think, there's a big call for you know teams that aren't doing so well to go back to basics, and that's clearly what we did yesterday. Different starting lineup, um, particularly at the back. Martin Kelly has been our such a weak link of late, and again, I'll, I'll say it again, I felt sorry for the guy um, playing at left back, and he, he's clearly not comfortable in that position at all. Um, but we started with it, it looked. It started kind of a back three with Joel Wall kind of pushing up the left-hand wing uh, more so. And we're really, you know, kind of struggle with Pap Soiree being um, involved in an awful motorway accident, which is uh, this week terribly. The news is that he might have to um, retire and, and not come back from that, which which would be terrible. It really would. But, um, you know, he's quite a young guy. Um, still got a lot of his career to go. So hopefully that's not going to be uh, going to be the case. So um, hopefully we'll see him back playing football again at some stage in the, in the future. But, um, but yeah, Palace, we look strong at the back um, kind of played three with Delaney back in the side yesterday proved exactly why he's back in the side had a great performance alongside Scott Dan and Tompkins three of them together looked very solid and kind of dealt with most that Southampton put in front of them and um, yeah I, I, Benteke got a, a, the second for him third for us in the last 10 minutes or so which sealed the three points much needed three points and a clean sheet I think that's the first clean sheet we've had certainly we, we had a clean sheet in a league cup in a, at the end of August against Blackpool um, but I think the last league one was against Everton um, uh, back in April I believe middle of April mm. so it's been a long time coming I mean if you're winning games and you know you don't keep clean sheets then it's not so much of a problem but when, when you're not winning games and um, and you're you're leaking goals it's uh, it's very welcome indeed so the Pardew situation is interesting we'll see how that rumbles on um, as always go but I think he's got a stay of execution uh, we face Hull next weekend away which is should be a winnable game for us really mm. I'm glad you brought that up because I saw on Twitter uh, some Crystal Palace fans complaining about the win, saying that if you had lost, it would have gotten rid of Pardew, and that would have been more important for the club than just three points. What's your view on that kind of take by fans? I, it annoys me. I, I just don't get it. I don't understand people wanting their team to lose. Maybe, maybe I'm missing something here, but I, I've, I've never gone to a game wanting my team to lose. Whether that meant that the manager would go after that, I, I've, I've never done that. I never have, and and I, I've seen very similar tweets all week, even even in, in the week being up to the Swansea game the week before, in that um, people saying, "Oh, we're going to the game this weekend. It's a win-win situation because if we win, great. If we lose, Pardew gets sacked." 
I don't understand the mentality. I support a club. I support them through thick and thin. I've got no ulterior motive whatsoever. I, I really want Pardew to. I want Pardew and, and this whole thing to work. I, admittedly, it's not been going great recently because we've been on a terrible run of form, and, and the same again happened last season. And he's known for it. But um, going to the game yesterday and seeing us beat a team that was sick from the table before kickoff three nil. Um, well, I mean, it's a, it's a craziness of the Premier League, to be honest. We're seeing some of the scores in, in recent weeks and again today. Um, but no, I, I just don't understand it. Maybe somebody could tell me um, why you would want your team to lose. I, I don't really know. I don't understand it. So it's frustrating. But, you know, I guess this is the beauty of social media that people can just say what they want to say, whether they believe it or not. Well, it's a different matter. But I, I have a feeling that some people really believe that. Yeah. Well, if anybody wants to inform Jay on why the hell you'd think that, he's at the Eagles <laughs> Uh, please explain it to him and then he can relay it to us. Um, fair enough. Also, uh, I agree on James Tompkins. They get to see him in the summer and was very impressed by him. Although, to keep my scouting record fair, I also thought Zaha looked awful in training in the offseason and clearly having a fairly <laughs> solid season thus far. Uh, on to other Dan, Arsenal Dan, uh, affectionately known. Uh, not too bad a day for yourself either with a 5-1 win um how, how uh, are you feeling about that alexis sanchez making an argument for the best player in the premier league at the moment i mean yeah we've had worse days um yeah it was pretty good uh alexis may have ended that goalkeeper's career with a third goal i don't know if you guys have seen it but, yeah put him oh on the ground God. oh oh he stepped he stepped over he did a step over and then he chipped it he just retire it was I mean, dirty it, it was pretty it was pretty dirty um yeah no we played we played well um it did help west ham all but davis the first goal with um was it angelo gone up tried to play it or tried he wasn't even trying to like pass out he was trying to hit a pitch coughlin block intercepted kind of it did it in the middle of the air fell back to alexis sanchez winston reed went in for a 50 50 went all or nothing and got nothing Alexis tapped it over to Mezzanozil for the easiest goal he would ever score. Although Kevin De Bruyne apparently would have missed it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that really helped for the first half. Um, we were, st- although even that was our only goal, but we got in on their left, down their right side and our left side at will. Um, James Collins went out after about two minutes with a muscle injury, it looked like. I could be wrong there, but with some kind of injury, he went out. Arvalo, uh, Arvalo, Arvaloa. Alvaro Arbeloa came in, and I know he played for Real Madrid and Liverpool and won a World Cup, but he was less than good. He was he was less than good. Uh, he really didn't look like he knew what he was doing. I'm not sure if the team knew if they were playing a back four or back five. It's, it, it was a mess. West Ham were a mess. They were really bad, as much as we were very good. Uh, then the game was a bit... Not not quite close, but they you know still only one nil going into the seventieth minute, and then Alexis Sanchez just turned it on. Um, be- brilliant turn, runs past a couple defenders and finished the far post in the second goal. Uh, just a hit from outside of the box for the third, and then I described the, the his hat trick goal. It was fantastic. In between there, um, Dimitri Payet hit a free kick off the off the crossbar. And Andy Carroll rebounded because Andy Carroll has to score against us, apparently. 
But then less than a minute later, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain banged one from outside the area and went in. He had a, a quite a good game and is having an interesting season, if nothing else. Um, he's doing a lot more than anyone expected him to. I'm still not sure his performances are perfect, but he's at least contributing goals and assists, which is more than he used to do. So good for him. And yeah, after a rough November performance-wise, not really. We had decent results. The performances were pretty bad. Um, we've had two good ones in a row against Bournemouth and uh, West Ham. Well, they both included the other team giving us a goal. Which I mean, if, if every team wants to do that, I'm good with that. That's that's fine. That's that's okay. Keep doing that. But uh, yeah, it was a pretty good day. Fair enough. Also, it was a couple of weeks ago now, but we never had anybody on to discuss it, so figure figured now's a good time. Uh, Hector Bellerin signs an extension with Arsenal. He's going to stay at the club longer. There have been a lot of Barcelona rumors that had been kind of forced, considering Bellerin himself came out and said, if I wanted to play at Barcelona, I'd uh, be at Barcelona. Uh, but how important is it for you to tie down one of the younger towns at your club like that? Uh, very important, specifically Bellerin. As we've seen, we don't really have another right back because God has, or whoever, has cursed our right backs, except Carl Jenkinson. Um, Bellerin got hurt, then Debussy came on for like 10 minutes and got hurt, and then Gabriel stayed in the game, but he got took a, quite a few knocks last er, against West Ham. Uh, and Carl Jenkinson's he, he tries hard. Um, he tries very hard, and he's a very nice guy, but he's not very good. Um, so yeah, time down in general is important, but Bayern specifically, he's absolutely fantastic. And the difference between him and any other right back at our club is just so noticeable. Just so, so noticeable. He's very, very good. And I'm happy he's going to be here for another six and a half years, according to his contract, which, you know, don't know how much those mean, but hey, we've got, we have his future controlled for at least a bit. Yeah, and sticking with contract extensions for young players in North London, uh, Harry Kane signed an extension this week for Tottenham, uh, keeping him at the club to 2022. Uh, and yet I'm still sure that there will be a lot of reports of him somehow joining Manchester United in January. Uh, but hopefully that will die down a bit now that he's re-signed with us. I've already seen some people talking about uh, what his buyout clause will be. A gentle reminder to everyone that Daniel Levy does not include buyout clauses in contracts. So unless this is for some reason uh, unique, there is none. So don't worry about that. Um, This will make him the highest paid Tottenham player ever uh, with the add-ons that are included in this contract. So uh, it does seem like his base salary does not have him at over 100K a week. So it seems we did reach kind of a balance between the two. So Daniel Levy still gets... Yeah, so Daniel Levy still gets to claim that he uh, hasn't broken the wage structure, but, you know, add-ons, I'm sure, includes goals, and it doesn't seem like he's intent on stopping scoring those anytime soon. Um, So I would assume that he has a bonus for that, probably has a bonus if we make Champions League, all kinds of stuff uh, that obviously makes the worth of it much higher than that. Um, Jan Vertonghen, a day later, signed a one-year bumper contract, which will see him stay at the club through 2019. He is older than the rest of the squad, but I was a little surprised to see how short this one was. Um, but all in all, good to see him staying as well. Both of them coming out and saying they don't want to be anywhere else right now, uh, which is more meaningful, honestly, from Vertonghen, who, after the Sherwood period, was pretty desperately trying to find a way out to Barcelona. And the only reason he didn't get a move like that is because he played himself out of it. He was not playing particularly well at the time. So it is good to see him stay. Obviously, one of his best friends 
uh, in Moussa Dembele and somebody that he's been part of a, a defense with for, you know, six of the last 10 years with uh, Toby and their time in uh, Ajax and their time at Tottenham. So it, it's very promising to see him want to stay as well. Uh, the next up on the docket, I would assume, is Toby. There are reports that uh, Pochettino wants to tie down Hugo Lloris to a long-term contract. But, um, duh. <laughs> of course we want that. Although, if we fail to make Champions League this year, I could honestly see Hugo Lloris leaving, uh, which would be a blow. Uh, I'm not one of these, we've never deserved Hugo people that seem to be popping up all over the place. Um, but he is at a very, very high level and deserves to be playing in the Champions League. And if we cannot provide that... I will be disappointed if he leaves, but I will not begrudge him it uh, at all, as I do think he is far and away the second best keeper in the Premier League. Um, but all in all, I think it's a very positive direction that we're tying down so many of these players long term. Uh, as for the actual match this week against Swansea, it um, it, it went well. Uh, <laughs> I will admit that the opener, the Della Ali uh, earned penalty, looked from one angle like a very clear dive. And all the people trying to shame him and stuff was fully on board with. The other angle, it was a little more questionable. And Cat, I'm not, I'm was, not saying... Did you see the other one where it looks like he got... Yeah. A okay, okay, not, hold up. Let me, let me save this. I'm not going to argue the for it. Was bought. What I, the what was I will bought. say... There was contact, but he, he made the contact, but there was contact. Right. And there wasn't enough contact to send him down, which I will agree with. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, easy, easy dance. I'm not going to weigh overboard and be like, oh, he's been persecuted. No, he's starting to earn a reputation, and rightfully so. Um, that is of concern, obviously, for Tottenham fans. But the people that are saying it's the worst penalty ever given, like, the second it happened, it was like, eh, calm down. It's not that crazy, especially when you realize that it was not uh, the referee who called it, but the linesman who was from the angle that they showed that looks like there was contact and looks like it was a penalty. Honestly... It probably was not. I'm fine admitting that. There probably was more contact than people are admitting, but it definitely wasn't enough to send him down. And, as we always say on the show, you can't put yourself in a situation where it can be called. The end. It probably was not. That's the fence that I'm sitting on. But it was not as horrible as people thought. But Della Ali is starting to get a reputation for that. And I don't know if you guys remember, uh, but Bales last year at Tottenham, we had zero penalties called for us that whole year. And it was because we had developed that um, kind of stigma about ourselves. So we really need to to try to tamp that down a bit. Um, like Andros Townsend for his <laughs> many sins at the club. Um, when he used to dive when he was younger, there was a blatant one that he got a yellow card for. Uh, and after the match, he said, you know what? I did dive. I need to cut that out of my game. And I respected him a whole lot uh, for coming out and saying that. And hopefully we can get something like that out of Della Ali, whether it be behind closed doors or publicly. Uh, obviously, the match from then on was pretty easy. Um, I do think that uh, when you have Ali and Erickson and Kane and to a lesser extent Son playing like that, there are not that many teams um, that can stop us, although I'm not going to try to take too much away from this match. We scored five goals against the bottom five defense. That should <laughs> should not be uh, shocking news, but we had not been playing well. It was great seeing goals go in the net. Uh, does that mean we're quote-unquote back? I don't know. Pochettino came out and said it is very promising for us um, and that we needed kind of a statement win after the few weeks we've had. So it is good to see that, but I'm not going to get too carried away there. But it is good to see Erickson back on form. We desperately needed that. Ali was back to his kind of dynamic best. The, <laughs> the style that I, I referred to last year is you don't know what he's doing because he doesn't know what he's doing. 
Uh, it, it really just unbalances defenses all the time. And so to see him back at that level was great. And Hyungman Sun had an amazing strike for the second goal. Um, although, uh, <laughs> when I were watching this match, uh, there were three assists in this match that <laughs> statistically should not count. Uh, they technically do. Uh, but it was a little sketchy. Erickson got the one for the deflected shot that landed over to Sun. Uh, Sun got an assist for misplaying the ball entirely, just leaving it sitting there on its own for Kane to come up and finish it and then tell later. So <laughs> that was a little interesting. As somebody that loves stats, those are the kinds of ones where you, you kind of have to raise an eyebrow at those. But um, all in all, was impressed with the performance. Our issue has never been performances. It's been consistency. I'll always say that about us. And we took a massive step in the right direction towards that last season. Hopefully, we're getting some of our big players back into form. We're getting some back from injury. Looks like Toby will be back soon. Lamella is a concern. He's kind of disappeared down that injury hole that Tottenham seem to have every year. There's always one guy that just disappears for months. That's Lamella for us now, which is of concern. But hopefully, uh, we can push back a little bit more towards that consistency. And one last thing, I would like to give a shout out to the uh, Spurs ladies team. Won in the FA Cup today and are currently unbeaten in nine uh, in the Southern Division of the FA Women's Premier League. So uh, all credit to them. Currently top of the table. Cardiff, the only other team in that division that are currently unbeaten uh, and just thought we should uh, point something out there. All right. Now we can head into the topic where we're going to be talking about this upcoming very busy Christmas period. Uh, obviously, lots of matches coming up. By the time you're listening to this, you will be uh, acutely aware of the fact that there are matches this Saturday, Sunday, then Tuesday, Wednesday. So they're coming quick and fast. The reason this came to mind is I have a friend that's a Manchester City fan, and I was talking about, uh, you know, how they're going to have no Aguero and no Fernandinho, and then he just went on to rattle off like, oh yeah, well maybe that means we'll get Gundogan back in the side, or maybe Leroy Sané will get a start, maybe he and Nacho up front, and then I realized that I hate him. So, uh, that's a ridiculous level of depth. So my question to you guys is, how much depth do you have, and how much rotation do you think we'll see from your sides over the busy winter period? I think we are lacking in certain areas. Obviously, we're playing left-back. Um, so we're playing a right-back in, in a left-back role. Um, goalkeepers are absolutely fine, really. Um, I think it's I think it's quite evident we probably need more competition in the middle of the park for Darren Fletcher. Um, but then we've... I think the good thing we've, we've asked... And, and sorry, we, we definitely need another striker because Saido Berahino is too fat and in France a lot of the time doing something there. That whole malarque, oh, it's just beyond me. I'm sick of even mentioning the bloke's name. I just want him to leave the club now. Um, so I'm not even going to put him into that. I've, you know, we, in, you know, if you're looking at our strikers, we've, we've really got Rondon and, uh, and Hal Robson Canu, of which I'm not sure how much we can rely on Hal Robson Canu. Although, you know, he's 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 quite clearly not a bad player, but he's no Solomon Rondon. Um so yeah, we do need we do need strengthening the January transfer window and obviously before that you've got a tough a tough run of fixtures. Um between now and the new year we've got five Premier League games. Um in the next seven days. Um Following the, the game against Chelsea on Sunday, then we've got we've got West Bromwich Albion versus Swansea on the Wednesday, and then we've got United at home on the Saturday. Um, 
so that's you know for people might say we need to rotate the squad a little bit and and we have got some good young players coming through and maybe this is the time now with with a lot of games in such a short period of time where we can utilize them and, and give them a crack um because without without these young players coming through and, and clubs giving these players opportunity you know the the game the game is it's going to go backwards. We need young English players coming through. Um, I know the current England squad isn't too bad, but it's still not a patch on what it was. Um, so, so for me, it'd be great if, if you know, who, who, who cares if they might have a bad game or who cares if they have two or three bad games? Give them the opportunity to shine because our, our youth system is, is one of the best in, in the country. Um, and we've, we've currently got three players in Samfield, Kane Wilson, um, and Jonathan Leco, who are, do you know what? They, they could play first team football for us, in my opinion. And Kane Wilson is still 16 years old, I believe. So um, it would be great to see to see some of these players given the opportunity. Um, but of course, that does again highlight slightly um, the shortcomings we've got in certain areas. I think I think when you look at Albion, you might want to take a look at the age of our squad as well. We've got Gareth McCauley, who's 37, Jonas Olsen, who's probably not just yet 37, but he plays like a 45-year-old sometimes. Um, a lot of our midfield is quite aging. Uh, Darren Fletcher's getting on a little bit. Um, Brunt and Morrison, both fantastic players for us and have given their all, but they're coming towards the end of their careers in terms of you know, probably Premier League football, um, not trying to jinx that at all, but, you know, it does become tougher and tougher as you hit 30 and, and you're pushing on into your, your mid-30s. So, strength, yeah, not not massively great, but we'll, we'll, we'll be okay, I think. Yeah, and... Uh... Is Morrison back or not? What's what? Because him, Chadley, and Phillips—you don't think could all play, or or do you think that? I think that, but Pulis won't think that. <laughs> <laughs> you could certainly Morrison. You could play in a deeper role because he's got the ability to pick passes and find holes. Um, Chadley behind the striker, and who was the other player you mentioned? Phillips, yeah, on the wing. Mm. So it, it could, it, yeah, there's no no reason. And it, but it, the problem is it would mean dropping down Fletcher and he has played, I think, the last 50 Premier League games in a row for us. So the chances of that happening are slim to none, mm. regardless of how he's playing, which hasn't been too bad of late, but it's, it's not been great either in the mm. early parts of the season. Yeah, for Palace, I think... Our biggest needs squad-wise are uh, a full-back, both left-back and right-back. Already alluded to the, the left-back problem that we have, um, which was kind of um, resolved yesterday by playing free at the back, but I can't see us doing that on, on a regular basis. So a left-back role or a left-back is a role that we need to fill quite urgently, particularly after the news of Pat Suarez might not actually be able to come back and play football again, which is uh, which is a terrible shame. Right back is a position also that we don't really have any competition for Joel Ward, um, and it's showing this season because he's he's not particularly being pushed. Um, for me, Martin Kelly should really be a centre-back, um, uh, like a reserve centre-back player. Um, 
so that kind of covers that. So yeah, a left back and a right back, and the striking position is a bit of a problem because obviously Connor Wickham's out for the season now after that uh, terrible ACL injury he had at Swansea last weekend, uh, which again is a real shame because he's just come back to form, got a few goals lately, was was putting himself about a bit, getting some game time as well, which he, which he'd missed out on a fair bit since Benteke had arrived at the club um, and to get that injury um, just compounds matters for him he just seems to be so injury prone it's such a shame we do have somebody waiting in the wings but they're also injury prone like Remy people might have forgotten that we actually got him on loan from Chelsea uh, oh, yeah. in the summer <laughs> hasn't, hasn't played a minute of football hasn't had much training because he broke down in training um, I think it was a second or third training session with us after signing from Chelsea Um Went back to Chelsea, had rehabilitation on his, I think it was a thigh injury that he had, um, and now he's just picked up another injury in training. So we were expecting him back for the game yesterday. Obviously didn't see him yesterday, didn't make the bench, and I do wonder whether we'll cut our losses at the end of December and send him back to Chelsea and allow us to get somebody else in in January because that really hasn't worked out for us at all. It, it was it was a great signing, no doubt about it, because I think he would have just slotted in really well. Um, an extra body, a player that's well-known for scoring goals, you know, top-class striker that can score goals, but we just haven't seen a minute out of him since he's joined us, which is... Um, I kind of you can kind of touch on the the season we had last year in terms of injuries it was the worst season I've ever known it uh, for injuries and um, you know we, we've had one or two this year which uh, while we haven't had a huge amount we've had ones to players who are uh, quite important to us or, or would be important to us if uh, if they were fit and made their debut so um, so yeah we're still waiting for Lloyd Rimmer's debut hopefully we will get to see that if not then. I, may, I think we should probably cut our losses and get another striker in in January because, well, we probably will actually get somebody in because of Conor Wickham missing. So, um, so yeah, that, that, that's that's our needs. In terms of fixtures, we've got Holloway next weekend. Then we've got Manchester United at home on Wednesday. And then at 12.30, the following Saturday, we've got Chelsea. So it's a tough run of fixtures. Um, yeah, I mean, after the run we've had recently, that's the one we need to be looking at for next week. You know, first games first. United is a team we've never done well against. We've rarely got anything out of them. An odd point here or there, but we've never really got a win. So it's about time, but I'm not holding my breath for that one. Chelsea looking ominous at the moment, so that's going to be a tough one as well. But yeah, you never know. You know, Hopefully we're going to go on, a, as the Pardew run seemed to happen, he has a terrible run, then a good run of form. So maybe this is a good run of form, come at the right time leading into Christmas. And then we, uh, after Christmas, we face the likes of Watford and Arsenal. So it's kind of a mixed bag in terms of the fixtures we've got coming up, but uh, you've got to face them sometime, haven't you? So, um, so yeah, um, next few games are going to be interesting. Uh, yeah, then for us, outside of right back, which is, of course, a position we need uh, covering right now, we're quite good depth-wise. Uh, Keeper, we're fine. We have four center backs. I'm comfortable playing five once Murdoch comes back. Um, two left backs, plenty of midfielders with between Elneny, Coughlin, Ramsey, and Jaka, even after Cazorla is out for the next three months. Um, we have Lucas Perez up top and, and Lucas Giroud, who, I mean, Perez isn't the quality of Alexis, but he is at least similar in style, which is. All you can really ask for when it comes to replacing Alexis Sanchez, you're not just going to have one of those sitting on the bench. Um, we got plenty of okay wingers. Um, there's not a huge drop-off in quality for when we're replacing Theo Walcott with Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain or Alex Wobie or any of those three. 
Uh, you could argue they're not quite the desired quality, but that's not the that's not what we're arguing here. We're arguing depth. Um, Mesodose is really the only one we don't have a straight replacement for, but even then we could change system to a 4-3-3 or a 4-1-4-1, etc., etc., etc. And again, he's one of those guys where it's like, you know, you're not going to have one of those sitting on the bench to replace him. He's, he's too good. Um, you're going to have a drop-off in quality no matter what you do if he goes out. But pure depth-wise, I we're pretty good. We can rotate. Um, Fenger's not great at rotating, actually. That's one of his weaknesses. He like you know he he'll try and do it. But he, he just he tends to either not rotate enough or rotate too much. Um, but I think we have enough depth to get through the Christmas period. Uh, some tough fixtures, but with that, if we can keep Alexis Nozil fit, we should do all right. Yeah, fair enough. Alexis definitely the uh, more yeah, important I mean, one of the like two. With those two, with those two, you missed any one of them. Any uh, maybe City's the exception. Maybe you'd have you can have someone of equal quality coming back, but that's we're not Manchester City. <laughs> we don't have that money. Sorry, roughly and, nineteen uh, teams aren't. Yeah, you know, if we're gonna if we're gonna go real, um, what is it? There are about four, five teams in the world that are um, mm-hmm. no, that are of that <laughs> money level. No one. Oh, I thought you were saying that there are four city conglomerates. Oh, well, oh there are four there cities. Because there's we're China, get, Australia, that's a New York, whole other thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, fair enough. Uh, for Tottenham, uh, we have kind <laughs> of to your point, Dan. We have depth. The question is just, are they good enough? I mean, Sissoko was getting slated in the media all week. It was good to see him get an assist in this one. Um, we have Nkuru, who offers a lot of pace. We have Harry Winks in central midfield. If anybody misses out there, the fact that Toby should be back means that Eric Dyer is back to cover for both defensive midfield and. Uh, center back, although I I really wouldn't mind him playing defensive midfield for us at the moment. Uh, it's it's hard to say we should change things after a 5-0 win, but I still think that Dyer offers a more well-rounded game than Wanyama, even though Wanyama is just a, a terrific destroyer in midfield. Um, what else we got That's there? That's why oh, right, I'm let me... not a big fan of Wanyama. Yeah. Or at least well, I mean, good, but I, I, I still totally love agree the concerns you have. The fact that he oh, yeah, yeah. always worked for a team that wants to have more of a ball. Or right. is going to have more of a um, ball. Yeah, but it's always impressive what he does. I'm just not sure. Oh how yeah, well, he, what he does, he does. Well. He does well. He's a better version of Hawkelin. <laughs> oh man, simpler, simpler mold. For uh, like do, two seconds, Wenger should. You said you don't rotate a lot, but uh, for two seconds, Wenger should chill out with all those central midfield changes. But that's yeah, I don't think that's, that's rotation. I think that this isn't working. I need to figure out what works. And he just changes it every time. Fair enough. Whatever. More power to him, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, but for us, we should be okay. We have a whole secondary back four now uh, that Alderweireld is back. So that's all fine. I guess my main concern is the right side. Um, for those that watch this Swansea match with Erickson, Ali, and Son. Uh, Son started off on the right side, maybe for 10 minutes. And then we just basically had no one over there other than Kyle Walker. Who, by the way, uh, did catch a boot to the face. And there was no card given at all. So for also the penalty people, like, you know, matches balance out. Whatever. I'm going to stop defending that. Because I did think it probably wasn't a pe- Whatever. Moving on. <laughs> I do think we have the requisite depth. The questions I have are, 
where is Sissoko actually supposed to be cover for? Uh, he has largely played in central midfield, but I'd rather have, or sorry, on the wing. Um, but I'd rather see somebody like Nkudu or Onama out there. Uh, I think he could be interesting depth in central midfield, but now we have Dyer and Winks who are both available there. Uh, also, Tommy Carroll in theory still exists. I'm not, at this point, I'm thinking maybe he's more of a concept than an actual footballer, but that's neither here nor there. Um, in theory, he's there in reality. Maybe, but, uh... <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but anyway, I, I think we'd be okay. Jansen, obviously, you still have questions about because uh, he's yet to convert a non-penalty, but we're earning a lot of penalties at the moment, so maybe that's all he needs uh, to get in there and score another one of those. Uh, but I think I think we're going to be uh, all right, question mark. I, I don't know if we're going to see Kane play all three. Uh, I think he's uh, fit enough. I don't know if he's... Three matches in a row fit. Uh, same kind of with Erickson. He doesn't really have the legs to do that considering how much we run him around these days. But I, I do think we should be okay. I, I trust our, our entire second back line um, despite what we saw from them in Europe. Uh, but hopefully we will be all right. And and we, I do think we'll see some rotation. We found out back into last season that Pochettino rates all of our wing backs. Uh, in the formation we play, not ability-wise, but he trusts them. So having Trippier and Davis. Oh, Davis is hurt. Oh no, we might. I just realized we might see Vimmer at left back again, which I definitely don't want. Um, so I guess that would be the main concern. All right, and now we will go into player watch quickly, where we'll discuss players that impressed and disappointed for our clubs in our most recent fixture. Uh, I guess we'll just uh, start off with you, Dan. Uh, maybe. Hard to find somebody that disappointed in a, a yet another win, though. I will say that Alan Nyam was probably my man of the match. Although Phillips will probably take a lot of the credit because he was fantastic again. Um, Phillips was probably man of the match in the previous two, so we'll give this one to, to Nyam. Um, <clears throat> who defended astutely. He didn't, give, he didn't give any of the Watford players any room for movement at all. Um, and what for try and, try and drag you around the pitch a bit um, ah, big fellow up front for them was, was trying his best to upset our defenders to no avail ah, what, what's his name Kev you're going to help me out here how do what now uh, Watford number mm. 33 for Watford ooh Guardiola Guardiola no 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 33 ah Amrabat Guad- no Someone Google it. To the internet. He was, yeah. Anyway, this this player was an absolute beast, and I I just forget his name. I don't know. I don't know why. Anyway, this this player, this yeah, no, it weren't Isaac success. This this player is Okaka. Never heard of him. Ah, that's a better Okaka. Oh right, yeah, he started instead of a goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and he was, to be fair, he was an absolute beast. But he couldn't he couldn't worm his way around our defence to be to be fair to him and that was partly due to the fact that Niam had him and and McCauley and Dawson and Evans had him in his back pocket and, and made sure he didn't get the space that he wanted to, to, to cause us problems and I just I just feel that Niam's all round game was just fantastic. Going forward he's a lot more confident. Um he was mixing it up a bit more, cutting inside a bit less and, and willing to run down the wing before getting his cross in. He was using his left foot as well. So he got a couple of crosses in with his left foot. And his celebration in front of the Watford fans, which I mentioned previous, was fantastic. We need more of that kind of passion in football. 
Um, and a player disappointed would be Rondon. Um, I've, I'm always really quick to praise Rondon, um, but I will say that he had a uh, not a not a, an awful game, but he just he just really struggled. Um, it, I think to be honest, I'm not sure his head was as on it as it should be. Apparently, he had tonsillitis and was sent home from training on Thursday. So really, you could argue that Pulis shouldn't have played him. Um, but he, he gave his all, but he was he was getting felled a lot. Um, he, he, you know, they didn't really allow him that much time on the ball. Um, he couldn't get into any kind of rhythm, of which he usually does. Um, so it was a shame to see him not brought off a bit sooner than he was to, to see how Robson Canu given a goal up front. But, you know, I think that just shows the kind of faith that Pudis has got in, in uh, Robson Canu when you've got a, a player that's been unwell, you know, and he's playing until like the 88th minute or whatever he played to. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're my two picks. Alan Nyon, what a player. Yeah, for Palace, uh, Ben Seke was outstanding, actually. Um, got a brace for us. First couple, well, first goals he scored at Celeste, as I mentioned earlier. Um, Punchin was excellent as well. Um, I think probably the star player for me was uh, James Tompkins. Really came into his own yesterday. He's had a few injuries since he joined Palace. He got injured in pre-season, then picked up an injury quite soon into the season. So hasn't kind of had a regular start for Palace. And it's a bit of a, uh, a difficult shout between Delaney and Tompkins. And Tompkins is clearly going to take over uh, the Delaney mantle. But I thought um, he was excellent yesterday. Got another goal as well. And it's a nice touch when he uh, ran away celebrating, tapping the Palace badge it really upset a lot of West Ham fans on the internet yesterday which is uh, which made me chuckle but uh, as for um, a player who disappointed oh, that, I mean in a 3-0 win our first win in seven or uh, that was the eighth game um, and having a clean sheet it's difficult to pick somebody who um, perhaps actually I'm going to plump for somebody who, who's been really disappointing and he continues to disappoint yesterday and that's Andros Townsend Mm-hmm. Wolf Sarfar is absolutely outstanding at the moment, and he's Cote really. Cote d'Ivoire international, Wilfried Sarfar. Well, there is there is room. The Southgate was at the game yesterday, um, and there is rumours that Southgate was meeting with Zaha and his representatives after the game yesterday to try and talk. Well, to talk to him about his decision to go to uh, Ivory Coast. So watch this space; that would be interesting. But. I'm amazed that Townsend is being picked for the England squad, uh, well, one, at all, and two, over Wilf Zaha, because Wilf has been outstanding this year. Um, he really has been uh, on a different level. He stepped up from last year. Um, and as you said, Kev, you saw him in pre-season um, out in the States and looked distinctly disinterested in in a lot of, in, in one of the warm-ups you saw. And, it's, it, I mean, it, he's he's time on the pitch since the season started has been um, nothing short of, of, of brilliant. I mean, he's, he's attacking I guess fullbacks. He's just a match and the biggest, well, yeah, yeah, well, perhaps he is. Some, you know, some players are like that, aren't they? They don't quite look like they're putting in the effort in training, but just turn it on during games. But I mean, I can't think of um, a poor game he's had this season so far, really. I mean, the, the big thing he's added to his game is, uh, is the tracking back. Um, and that's gold dust in a in, in a winger. It really is because a lot of wingers are deemed to be lazy. They only like going forward. But he's added that to his game, um, and it's really working for him. Townsend doesn't do that, um, as we saw in the game against City the, uh, the other week. In that 
it was his pass, lazy pass back to Kelly on the wrong foot, which which created the uh, the, the first goal for for City. But um, yeah, going back to Townsend, Townsend has been distinctly average since since he's joined us, um, and he's been a real disappointment for all of us, really, because we thought you know England international um, did well for Newcastle last year, almost single handedly kept Newcastle up last year, um, but we haven't seen that quality from him this year at all, um, and he really needs to step it up um, because he's had that one goal against Stoke which was excellent that was a fourth goal in a 4-1 win but other than that I'm trying to think of anything else it's particularly done of note and I'm struggling so for him yeah uh, he was probably the um, probably the, the poor side of our day um, well for us like I said the good player is very very obvious um, <laughs> Alexis Sanchez he's pretty good he's he's, he's quite good at the footballs um, yeah uh, he can go hang out with his dogs now uh, yeah, no, he had a hat trick and an assist. He was fantastic. He, he did what he does. Uh, two of his goals, he had one, he had very little right to, sc- to score from that angle. The other, he had absolutely no right to score from the second one where he just, what was it, on commentary, English commentary, Glenn Hoddle was like, he didn't even touch it because he, he did a little dummy open up space for him and just hit it across goal and it somehow crept in, dribbled into the bottom, to the far bottom corner. Absolutely no right to score like that, but he's Alexis Santos. He doesn't really care. Um, he was he was fantastic. No two ways about it. He was very good at football, and he just he created stuff. He scored. He was there's no there's not that many words to use to describe how good he was. He was great. Um, as far as they're disappointed, there wasn't really. I'm not sure there was anyone really. Um, and I can't pick anyone from West Ham that was good. So can I? Just, I'm just going to do a second Arsenal player because all of West Ham were bad and all of <laughs> Arsenal was pretty good. Um, uh, Alex Alexander Chamberlain was surprisingly good. Like I've been a critic of him in the past year or two because he's been there's been right to criticize him. He hasn't been great. He hasn't been very good. Not even not great. He hasn't been good. Um, he still had some iffy moments for a couple balls where he just didn't play it right. He had one shot that went for a throw-in. It, it, that was bad. But um, <laughs> he did end up scoring a goal. Uh, he, cre- he assisted on Lex's hat-trick, and overall he got into lots of dangerous positions, and that's something, because he really hasn't done that for the last two years. He's just He's been very rough, even when he has been fit. Um, but yeah, he's done reasonably well so far this year, so that's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, for Tottenham, I have to uh, praise Christian Eriksen because he uh, is often the recipient of my ire. It's basically the opposite of Dan's Rondon thing. Um, I often blame Eriksen, and so when he puts in a performance, I have to obviously uh, mention it. He does get a goal. I couldn't tell you which body part he even scored with. It looked like a defender cleared it into his chest, which ended up going into the goal, but it technically counts. He scored with his mind. He scored with his mind. (laughs) Uh, telekinesis for sure. Uh, there for him, also a couple of assists, uh, and and was really running the show. And has, to his credit, looked much better ever since Kane has been back. Um, so Christian Eriksen was obviously very impressive for us. Uh, disappointed is hard to say. Um, you know, five nil win and all. Since uh, I have to borrow that line from everybody else on this show, when you win that resoundingly, obviously it was very impressive. Swansea did not offer much. I was surprised. How little we saw from Sigurdsson. And this will be kind of crazy to say, considering he did let five in. 
but Fabianski was probably their best player. It, it could have been several more. Uh, there were I three mean, they opportunities. Only had one shot, so it's yeah. hard for anyone to, and they conceded like twenty-five. So it's hard for anyone else yeah. to be any good. You just kind of have yeah. to hope the keeper's okay. Yeah, it was like one of those uh, hockey stat games. You're like, 60 yeah. saves? What the? What? <laughs> um, but yeah, Fabianski had one of those days. He led in five, but it's honestly impressive. It wasn't eight or more. Um, so credit to him. All right, and that will do it for us today. So why don't you tell the folks where they can reach you guys? Yeah, um, I've been Dan from West Bromwich Albion fan site 1878 um and and you did ask me a question where the name 1878 came from kev um and it's just uh it's the year that albion were founded um but rather than having 1878 in numbers we've gone with the letters something a bit different um and you can find us online at 1878.net um, and you can find me on Twitter, 1878 underscore WBA, and the 1878 is numbers. Um, and there will be a couple of pieces online Monday night for you to enjoy. So I'll be tweeting about those tomorrow. So if you want to check those out, you can do. Cheers for having me on, Kev. Yeah, thanks for listening. I'm Jay. I'm editor of the Eaglesbeak.com, Palace fan site, by fans, for fans. We're all over social media, particularly on Twitter. You can get us at the Eaglesbeak. I'm also a presenter on a local community sports radio show, the Meridian Sports Show. So you can catch us online on social media as well. Um, listen if you're in the local area, but uh, mostly online is, uh, is obviously a good thing. So you can get us on Twitter at the Meridian SS. Uh, yeah, I'm Dan, Arsenal fan, and you can still get me on Twitter at the underscore jersey underscore fits. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, and I am your host, Kevin DeVries. You can find me on Twitter at Kevroff. Also, check out the FPL and Championship shows that are both on this very same channel, uh, which you can also find at All in Sports Talk and at allinsportstalk.com, where that goes up. Uh, we have blocks at uh, 9 a.m., I believe it is, Monday through Wednesday. So uh, feel free to check that out. Uh, what else? Oh, also, I work with uh, VIPBet.com uh, to do daily fantasy videos, so check those out. Uh, content will get a little weird this week, including over at TheEaglesBeak.com for me. Uh, because of the rapid coming fixtures, I think we have a plan. Uh, we'll let you guys know uh, on my Twitter how that's going. Uh, but the idea is that it will cover uh, both weeks 15 and 16, which obviously are both within a four-day period. So that'll be a, r- a real fun time or something. Uh, but thank you guys so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure as always. We hope you keep listening. Mm-hmm.